Red Cloaks Radio is a production of the Boston Red Cloaks. Hi, this is Jesse with Red Cloaks Radio, and I'm joined today by my co-hosts. Hi, I'm Karen from Red Cloaks. I'm Laura from Red Cloaks. I'm Marta Leticia from Boston Red Cloaks. Today, we're welcoming back Francie Hunt. Um, Francie is with Tennessee Advocates for Planned Parenthood, and we've been having a fantastic conversation understanding what you've been through, but where you're headed in terms of making sure that regardless of what happens at any level, state, local, regional, planetary, um, people will be able to get the important reproductive health care that they need. So welcome back. Hi, great to be back. Francie, we're so glad to have you back. You know, we didn't really get to ask you how you guys got started, and we understand you're a very long-standing organization that has made sure that people who need care are able to get it regardless of their ability to afford to pay for private care. So can we just start with like a big picture of a little bit of your history? We've been around almost 100 years. Uh, we've been in Appalachia, which is in East Tennessee, uh, Knoxville's the city where we had a health center before it burned down. Um, but we, you know, our history is that we had healthcare practitioners that would be in the, on the, in the hills of Appalachia and helping educate women on how to not get pregnant if they didn't want to be and helping provide birth control information and services. So we are a trusted, trusted source of information and healthcare in the area. And that may surprise a lot of folks because people sometimes hear Planned Parenthood as a controversial uh, brand, but uh, our base in Tennessee uh, values us for sure. In all of Tennessee, uh, we're a very diverse population. Um, in West Tennessee is Memphis. That's We have two health centers, Planned Parenthood of Tennessee and North Mississippi. We have two health centers there. Um, and that borders, you know, um, other states, Mississippi and Arkansas. Um, that is a primarily African-American city. It's one of the largest cities in Tennessee. As you move uh, towards the middle of the state, that's Nashville. Um, about a little less than a quarter of our population are uh, Black or people of color. Our school systems, probably about 80% people of color uh, in the Nashville area. It's our probably biggest... Uh, growth area in the state. And then in East Tennessee, um, it trends a little more uh, white. Uh, and, you know, that's kind of where Appalachia is. Uh, but across the board, in terms of economic demographic, we are a poor state. So, um, you, know, and, and, you know, but in, in places like Nashville or, or Memphis, where you have like some of the larger uh, companies like Amazon has their headquarters here, you know, Nashville is basically the economic heart of the state. Uh, and because we're also the most uh, diverse and uh, progressive, that's the, another reason why we were targeted for redistricting and they've essentially taken away our voice. Do you feel your senators, your representatives, your governor, is he fueling the this kind of resentment, these kinds of uh, actions against you, or is it is it only the people that feel that way? Is it your your religious leaders? Is it everything, or just one part of the equation? I think that 
the powers that be are looking at it as a purely political lens. Like they, they um, you know, I, I do believe that the governor is, uh, he, he is motivated religiously. He is a Christian fundamentalist and our legislature is made up by Christian fundamentalists essentially. Um, and they believe that that the, the Bible needs to, they, they want the Bible to be the state book. They, they, it is a theocracy is what they're working to create. Um, this is not a conspiracy theory. That is actually what is happening, you know? Um, it's kind of weird to say, but that's, that's, that's their view for how things need to be governed. And so, so there's that at the power level. But in terms of everyday people, all the polls suggest in our own conversations, uh, talking with voters all across Tennessee, um, Tennesseans are pro-choice. They, they do believe that those decisions, those private medical decisions need to be left up to the pregnant person and their family. So uh, I think, as I may have mentioned before, like I think our, our voters may morally decide, some voters may morally feel uncomfortable about abortion, but, but if they were asked politically, they, they think that it needs to be a right. Uh, it needs to continue to be a right. Isn't it a little bit uh, peculiar or funny that if you, everything that is happening around the country, especially down south, if you don't think it's Tennessee, and if you don't give it a name, wouldn't you think that you are not in the United States? <laughs> that you are in a different country, especially for me being uh, an, an alien or a legal alien. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's like you think you're talking about a country in Europe or in South America. I mean, it's, I found it really peculiar. Well, you know, when we look at the, the bodily restrictions that are happening, I mean, we see that echoed in other communities. We see other authoritarian governments around the world that um, taking away a woman's right to their own bodily autonomy is one of the first steps in authoritarian rule. And we also see, you know, Ireland is such a great example recently where they passed by referendum to make abortion legal again. But we see, I mean, we, we only have to look at other countries to know like what is in store. Like right now they're criminalizing doctors. But if we look at other countries, we know that criminalizing women is not far behind um, and putting women in jail because uh, they don't believe that you really had a miscarriage right. is, is not fantasy. That, that is something that actually happens. And these are the kinds of people that that's the natural trajectory because if you believe that abortion is murder, then you're gonna act like it and you're gonna treat people like murderers. So that, that is, yeah. That, that's a good comparison. And, and yet funding still pours into, you know, abstinence only education and these fake clinics. Um, what, what's the atmosphere like there in terms of, 
you know, okay, now temporarily a resource has been lost in your clinic and are, are, are they swooping down and, and um, drawing people into fake clinics? Absolutely. And so just recently uh, we have learned our, our governor is about to give his state of the state on Monday, um, but governor Bill Lee has put into the budget over $3 million into uh, the human campaign that funds uh, what we what's called crisis pregnancy centers. They're fake, yeah. uh, fake pregnancy centers. So like a pregnant person will go in there seeking help, but they're not actually health facilities. And you know, it, it is our view that when someone comes in for help, you give her the full range of all of the options and, and the real options that you have when you're when you're faced with a pregnancy is that you can have the baby, you can uh, give it up for adoption, or you can terminate that pregnancy. Those are the options and you give them all and you kind of uh, honor whatever decision and process they come to in, in making that decision. Uh, crisis pregnancy centers don't believe in that. They want to coerce you into giving birth, which is, you know, reproductive coercion is something that abusers and human traffickers do. And now it's becoming like a, you know, a legal policy. It's becoming law uh, to actually coerce uh, people to have babies when they don't want to. Um, and we have to think about like what kind of country or community do we want to be when we're forcing someone to give birth when they don't want to. Um, so, you know, we're seeing millions of dollars being poured into these fake health centers that coerce people to give birth. Um, with false information. They're, they're known to give false information. They lie to people saying that they're going to get cancer if they uh, have an abortion, or they're never going to be able to have kids again if you have an abortion. Or you're, yeah. Um, or they're farther along than they really are when right. they, you know. Um, so it's hugely problematic. Wow. And, and yeah. So can I, can I ask what's your time frame for getting? back uh, to being able to provide direct service? Well, we have health centers, two health centers in Memphis. We have a health center in Nashville. There's an independent provider, Knoxville Center for Reproductive Health in Knoxville also. So there, there are other places that people can go, but certainly if it becomes illegal or there's a limited ban, that's, that's going to absolutely uh, restrict care. And that, that's a huge concern. It's good that you have those, those other centers and allies, at least. Yeah. That's helpful. And, and we've why, been, you know. Why can't we use the same tactics? If they use fake, uh, fake clinics, why can we not tell them, okay, we're going to help you. We'll give you all the information, et cetera. And just give them the information, the abortion information, when they are inside the clinic. Do not, I mean, just play by their own, by their rules. Are you saying go undercover? Just a crazy, a crazy, yeah, I Martha, are you saying go undercover in the fake clinic? <laughs> yeah, I, I think well, that's what you're saying. <laughs> uh, or no, in, in, the clinic, in, the, in the abortion clinics, just give them all the information but not, I mean, make it like we are not giving out abortions. We are helping the people. And then when they are inside, I mean, there has to be a way to go around 
but we have to play by the same rules. But I think, but, but I think you know, uh, Martha and I just interviewed someone who shared their experiences in 1969 when abortion was illegal across the country and talking about how you got information out. And that's what it was. It was, it was hidden and people had to find the right person and they talked about advertising in bathroom stalls. But of course, for the patient, you know, you find a number in a bathroom stall, you don't know where you're going. That's where the name Planned Parenthood is so helpful nationally that you see the name and you know from decades that you can rely on Planned Parenthood. It's going to be safe. It's going to be accurate. You are going to get the best of care. That's that's the standard. And I have just have to preface my question by saying that the term that you just used, Francie, um, reproductive coercion gives me the creepy crawlies. It's just a terrifying, terrifying state of being. So get me out of this. Tell me how we can help, how we can help um, uh, get, get information out to other people who, who listen to and care about uh, the full spectrum of, of reproductive equity. How do, we, how do we help them find you? Absolutely. Well, they can go to tnadvocatesforpp.org uh, there's all kinds of ways that you can get uh, involved. Um, if you want to get involved in your own area, we can also point you in the right direction, but that'd be the first point of contact for us to know how to um, reach you all. You can get on our email list and, and our contact information is, is there as well, and we can help guide you the best next step. Um, We're also uh, raising money for uh, not only to rebuild in Knoxville, um, but we recently um, raised money and are continuing to raise money from the Roe v. Wade anniversary. Uh, Roe v. Wade, it was the landmark court case that helped uh, legalize abortion or make it, make it the law of the land. Uh, and that this past Saturday, January the 22nd, marked the 49th anniversary of Roe v. Wade, um, which, you know, guaranteed American women's right to abortion. So you know, even so, states across the country in recent years have passed legislation to de designed to severely limit that right, and in some cases, narrowing the window in which a woman can receive an abortion or setting up you know, trigger laws, which I mentioned before, that would automatically ban the medical practice should Roe be overturned. And Tennessee is one of those states. We're, we're one of the uh, bellwether states that is going to be impacted by the upcoming Supreme Court decision once it once it hears the Mississippi case. So uh, we held on that Roe anniversary last Saturday, a Rock for Roe event and amazing artists. There was Aaron Lee Tazjian, Be Becca Mankari, Joy Olodekin. She had just performed on uh, Jimmy Kimmel and she came on to our show to perform Lily Hyatt uh, and Nicole Atkins, Ziona Riley. It's like a Tristan, like amazing performers that either performed that day or helped support the event we hosted it at Third Man Records, which uh, anybody who uh, knows music uh, knows that that's Jack White's studio. And uh, we had an incredible, incredible night. Josh Black was a comedian. So if you wanted to be a part, you could just look up Third Man Records, Rock for Row. Uh, there's a way that you can give and support our work and certainly just view the, view the show. It's people should do that anyway, because it's really, really good. It'll punch you in the face. It's so good. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's really great. Um, 
I, I loved it. I've already listened to it like three times and I, and I was actually there. So <laughs> it's so great. One of our favorite signs we carry is abortion bans are racist. Abortion bans are classist. Abortion bans are sexist. Abortion bans are misogynistic. And uh, it would be a mistake to not really bring out those elements of class and race, which you mentioned in our first conversation, that um, it's, it's also clearly religious bias when one dominating party ascribes to the same personal set of religious beliefs and then try to foist it. It's just downright un-American. I don't know what the answer is, but I know that we do want to help on these bigger issues. It's about controlling our body and being able to vote and being able to be in a democracy. So, you know, if there's um, other things that come up where you think listeners can help, from different states, we would love to have you come back and share with us. You know, we're one country and we are really doing our best to make sure everybody can thrive. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're going to need all the collaboration uh, that we could possibly muster in a post-row environment. So hopefully we won't get to that point, but we have to um, prepare. We'll be strong. Thanks so much. And we want everyone to have a great day who's listening. Um, Keep heart and do what you can, whatever state you're in, to pass the Women's Health Protection Act, which would be national legislation that would actually make it not necessary to do all the things we've discussed today because it would simply be legal everywhere in America. And then we would focus on just getting the funding. But um, some of this other work wouldn't be the same if it were simply just legal everywhere. And if um, the campaigners who oppose giving us that sanctity for our own bodies if they would just stop putting all this energy into battling us and i'll add the era hey (laughs) thank you so much you've been listening to red cloaks radio a production of the boston red cloaks find us at bostonredcloaks.com 